0: Welcome to China's The Journey, conversations with publisher Chris Milligan. I am Bruce Torres. With us is Todd Elliott, former AM talk radio host and a freelance writer and journalist whose work has been featured in the Abbeville Meridian, American Press, the Crowley Post Signal, among other publications. He's written five books, including A Rose by Many Other Names, Rose Sheremy, and the JFK Assassination. Todd and Chris, it's great to be with you both. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. And thank
1: you, Todd, for coming on. I really appreciate this. Now, this uh, show is, is called The Journey. Part of it is exploring how people got to uh, where they got, you know, because we go to school and they teach us some things and then we get out of school and we look around. So uh, what led you to write your book about Rose Cheremy
0: uh, I guess even as a kid, I must have been in middle school when um, I was very much interested in the coincidences, uh, I thought, that were between the assassinations of um, Kennedy and, and Lincoln. And as a kid, that's all the coincidences. They are kind of fascinating. And um, I was asked one time in English class for a project to write right from the perspective of an inanimate object. And I chose the the limousine uh, that Kennedy was uh, assassinated in in Dealey Plaza.
1: So, later so later in
0: life, as I was starting to write, it was just doing research and um, kind of obsessing over over all the facts and and I wrote my first piece for a magazine that eventually led to the book.
1: right Now, you live in uh, New Orleans, right?
0: Yeah, in the New Orleans metropolitan area, I say.
1: You know, we've been going, we, I went there first to uh, uh, meet Judy Barry Baker and do an Oswald birthday party and stuff like that. And we had met some of you folks and they always uh, would tell me that uh, New Orleans is the uh, largest small town in, in the country because everybody right. knows everybody else's business.
0: And That's correct. <laughs> Did you grow up in the New Orleans area? No, uh, I grew up in Southwest Louisiana. I grew up more in uh, what they would call Cajun country. And, but I had been going to New Orleans. I mean, ever since I was a kid, my dad lived there at one time. Uh, The the story of Rose kind of happened in my backyard, though, like where where I grew up. I grew up in Southwest Louisiana. I'm from Lake Charles originally and uh, moved to Eunice eventually after I got a job at the Eunice News and Eunice. I really first discovered uh, upon doing, you know, investigation into my uh, piece on Rose Sheramy, which was another fascinating mystery, another footnote in the Kennedy assassination that... Tell tell the uh, listeners uh, the story, Rose's story. I always like to start with, in our popular culture, she exists at the first dramatized sequence of the film, JFK, Uh, Oliver Stone's uh, 1991 masterpiece, really. Uh, She is depicted as a woman who is thrown from a moving vehicle some 48 hours before Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Now, the place where she was thrown out was Eunice, Louisiana, where I eventually ended up working and living. And just the fact that she seemed to have some sort of premonition that she had foreknowledge of the assassination saying the men that she was traveling with that threw her out of a car were on their way to Dallas to kill Kennedy on Friday. And it was a very specific time and place and no one believed her, of course. How many because days she was... before was this? It would have been on the, uh, the Wednesday before the Friday.
1: She was um, a colorful lady, uh, would you say?
0: Well, she was a lady of the night, I will say that. She was, <laughs> among other things, a known prostitute, known drug addict, and a mother, uh, which, you know, usually those those three uh, attributes don't really work well together. And, and uh, she kind of uh, abandoned her son at the time. You know, her son was living in Texas. Her family is from Texas. So this is an interesting Texas connection to Rose. And Rose wasn't even actually her real name. Uh, you know, her real name was uh, melda marcades but that's and that's why I, the title of the book is a rose by many other names because she had more than 20 known aliases according to the uh you know the fbi files and jim garrison's files on rose jim garrison was very keen on uh, on having rose testify and be a witness and of course by the time by the time he was looking for her, in about 1967 she was already dead
1: now she was uh, involved with with uh, drug smuggling
0: yeah definitely it seemed like that she was running heroin for organized crime with some of the crime families out of new orleans mainly the carlos Marcelo uh people like that she i mean and it's a very convoluted mess but one of the things the assassins uh, were going to do also as apparently after uh, killing the president they were supposed to pick up some heroin and leave the country, uh, according to Rose. Uh, now, what is, you know, truth and what is fiction? There's a blurred line there somewhere, but uh, her story is certainly one that's still very haunting. I mean, because unless she was like a, a fortune teller, just clairvoyant, I, I don't know how she could have actually had foreknowledge of an assassination. And I have theories, and but I don't want to spoil the book for everyone. I really don't, but...
1: Uh, right, well... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always been my understanding when you when you have these big operations, the word kind of gets out because um, you know there's uh, oh people that oh, made money on the on the stock market when when Kennedy died. There was some uh, salad oil uh, tanks up in New Jersey that were supposed to be uh, full and they weren't full, and he should have gone down uh, like on about Tuesday because they figured it out but they, they kept pumping it up so that it would take a, the same hit on, on Friday. And a bunch of people made money. So th- the word was out there. Now wasn't, she, she was working with a, a policeman too, possibly in, in the narcotics, oh, yeah. she might've been a, she could have gotten was, busted and, and turned, uh, you know, state's evidence
0: or something like right.
1: that.
0: Well, l- let me just say that what, how Rose was uh, handled Today you would probably never have that uh, sort of situation. I mean, back then, totally different ball game. And and speaking of the narcotics, and when we when we talk about things like heroin, that that in the underworld or the overworld, as the CIA might be involved, uh, if you had to pay someone for a murder or anything illegal like that, a great form of currency is narcotics because narcotics uh heroin has no serial number cannot be traced back to anyone but it is money it is right. definitely money once you get it you go sell it or whatever so that was i thought an interesting aspect that kind of is very you know in the realm of cia where they would pay people in in narcotics and things like that uh but uh yeah she very much um was taken into custody by a state trooper the wild tale that she told of course no one believed her because she was a junkie she was a prostitute now there was just one state trooper in louisiana that the day kennedy was assassinated He, he became a believer and uh he was very adamant about getting her out of a state hospital see the thing is when you when you were a woman in 1963 and you said such things out loud about the president getting murdered and you know, that you definitely just, she came off crazy. They actually had her committed the state hospital uh, in Jackson, Louisiana, the Jackson state hospital, because they thought she was certifiable. And um, he, the, the state trooper that became the believer, probably heard some other things on the long ride up to Jackson, but he, he left her at the hospital. And then when, you know, Friday, the 22nd, 1963 came around, he was very adamant about going to get her out of. Now, I don't, and I and to me, it's a little unclear as to what he was going, why he did that. I don't know if it was of his own volition, but apparently there was talk uh, amongst the state trooper and the head of this, the Louisiana State Police, and there was an urgency to get her not only out of the hospital, but out of the state and drop her back in Texas. Hmm. You know, so that's that's a little mysterious, too. But I'm sure the Louisiana State Police, no corruption there ever, especially <laughs> in the 60s. Especially in the 60s.
1: You know, I started off on this, you know, uh, my daddy started talking to me and I started, uh, you know, researching CIA drugs. And I w- would also would, you know, look at the Kennedy assassination. And then I, I started to say, hey, a bunch of these people involved in CIA drugs are, are also involved in, in the assassination. So it it, it is a, uh, Oh, messy milieu, you might say. Oh, yeah. What did you, you know, what has what the book done? What what have you learned after you wrote the book? I mean, because generally, <laughs> I know that happens for me. I, you know, I write some things and then somebody tells me other new stuff and all kinds of stuff.
0: Well, there's always, there was always something to learn with Rose as a subject. The thing is, I, I actually, by sheer determination, found her next of kin, her son, Alive in Texas, and you know, I I was so excited to get him to go on the record, and he he held back. He he held back a lot of information because this guy, for I don't know how long, probably since the JFK film came out in ninety one, talked about writing a book. If my dad, if my mother, or any of my parents were a key figure in the Kennedy assassination, I would have long written that book. But he kind of took too long to write i really didn't think i was going to be the first person to write a book about rose sherman like the whole you know the whole book about her and and turns out i am really when you go on a very odd figure like rose sherman you you don't have a lot of facts and and there's a lot of dead ends and, and he could have cleared a lot of that up for me but he chose not to um for his own book and and good for him i guess but i haven't kept up with that lately um I do know that uh once you write a book about the kennedy assassination you strange things start happening to you i will say that i i'll probably never write another book about the kennedy assassination just uh just to let you know (laughs) so but um yeah just it's it's a it's a it's a strange world and and what's strange about when you write a kennedy book it um I think you really enter, if, if, if there are forces that be that are still trying to protect um, people who were not not so innocent, um, there's a lot of disinformation out there. In fact, there's more disinformation out there now on the Kennedy assassination than in all of history. I mean, some of yeah. the people that I interviewed had snippets of the truth in the 70s and 80s, but all that's being muddied up. I, I, I want to say Vincent Bugalosi's book was probably one of the first to to really i don't know i just i didn't i didn't buy a lot of that i didn't buy the book first of all yeah <laughs> and, uh, and i probably never will but you know it, it was a very interesting uh writing journey to find people willing to talk about it one and then very guarded when they did because it was strange that people were still afraid to talk about the kennedy assassination because they knew that there was either corrupt um uh, uh, intelligence from the U.S. to the federal level up, you know, down to uh, organized crime in, in New Orleans. And, and people were afraid of Carlos Marcelo when I would do interviews with them. And it was very strange. It's a very strange um, experience.
1: Todd, Todd also did a book for trying Day about axe murder, uh, a, a true story of a...
0: Axes of Evil, uh, the true story of the axe man murders. But when you're talking about a hundred-year-old crime... No one can really go, well, actually, and, you know, correct me, because they don't know anything about it. <laughs> uh, but with the Kennedy book, it's, there's so many books, every, so many uh, authors, and so many theories, and, and every one is correct. Every single one is correct. I've had other authors... Uh, at conventions approach me like bullies on the playground or, you know, like, oh, well, you said this in your book and this person was in your book and, you know, I just don't care anymore. I really
1: don't. (laughs) The JFK community is is quite interesting. I mean, I would open conferences. I would say, you know, you're going to hear somebody say this and you might hear somebody say the complete opposite of this, you know, but there are a couple of things that we can agree on, you know, and one is that Harvey Oswald didn't do it and it was a coup d'etat you know yeah yeah there's a lot of miss and diss and you know it's about controlling the narrative and all that kind of stuff oh sure yeah is there any any last words or anything you want to say bruce you got any questions or
0: observations just details when did your book come out todd oh gosh it had to have been on the 50th anniversary wasn't it chris right. uh, around yeah. that time <laughs> yeah. what yeah. years were you what years were you researching and writing it so the first article i'd ever published about rose was probably in 2011 i guess i did two pieces right so i did the magazine piece for uh long magazine in southwest louisiana which it was a regional sort of feature so that's
1: how you pronounce that huh i always yeah, you-
0: yeah. Uh, and then then the Eunice News, I uh, had the front, it was front page, top headline story on Thanksgiving Day, uh, night, uh, was, was 2012, I guess. Yeah, Chris, it was 2012. And uh, because th- it was that, it was that news story, which we also shared through the EuniceNews.com. uh, dot com. uh it, we, uh, it started uh, be getting shared and went, it went kind of viral in a lot of JFK uh, forums and things like that and that's how Chris found me Chris Chris reached out to me and he said hey I read the article love the article uh uh but Chris said well do you have enough for a book you know I always tell people it's a small book but it's a huge story and I still think it is I still think that she's an interesting footnote and I wanted to contribute you know, my sort of brick in the wall on this whole, the whole Kennedy thing, um, as Nixon would say, with the whole Kennedy assassination thing.
1: Well, you did a great uh, um, job. You really did. It was a good, It was. Well, thank a, it's a great book. It's a good book. And it was my,
0: it was my first book.
1: Well, and you're doing some, good. you're doing some real good painting right now too. How, how do folks find <laughs> your paintings? You know, uh, uh, don't you have a website uh, usually, or something?
0: Yeah, usually on Etsy and um, my, I guess I, I go by the collective name of Art Cadian, which is A-R-T-C-A-D-I-E-N, Art Cadian. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for making me a published author. Since then, and I'll tell you, it's very addictive once you write your first book and then you just want to write another one. So my second book was also published by you. Thank you for that.
1: I, I really appreciate you spending your, your evening from Louisiana with us here. And yeah. I, I thank you very, very much.
0: That thank was Etsy, yes, E-T-S-Y dot com. Mm. Yeah, and you could search A-R-T-C-A-D-I-E-N, Art cadian. and I will send you a signed original work of art, and they make great holiday gifts. I will say that. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Onwards, Todd. Thank you very much. Blessings on your baby, you know. Oh, thank you. You betcha. You betcha. And uh, say hi to New Orleans. You know, I miss it. I really <laughs> okay.
0: do. I will. I will indeed. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: You bet. God bless Thank you. you.